Welcome to Talking in Stations. Uh, this is Madderall. We're going to actually have the uh, same thing we had yesterday, a, another open forum. So if you wanted to join us today, you could. That's Talking in Stations Discord. Uh, come in and uh, have a talk. We're going to review some of the stuff that was uh, talked about yesterday. And also about, we'll even review our reaction stream. If they're even a good idea. And, uh, and then we'll see what happened today in the news. Also, later, if we get a chance, we're going to talk Poshvin, get some stories coming out of there uh, from somebody who is intimately aware of all the players' uh, doings in Poshvin. We'll see how that goes. All right, with me today, you'll see in the bubbles uh, different personalities. Uh, are all you guys here? Is anybody, like, asleep? Uh, should be asleep. Yeah, I'll take that as a Yes. All right. Yesterday, I think this is actually, we'll go to Reddit real quick. This is probably the biggest news um, because the Reddit thread was made of it. How do you do, how do you spell Reddit? R-E-D-D-I-T. Right. S-A-O-T. Oh. Okay, so looking at uh, the Null Deal rebuttal, that is a historic document, so that's not what I want. Reddit. Com Eve. As you can see, I am a Reddit expert. R Eve is what it is, right? And voila. This should definitely do it. Yeah. All right. So here it is. Ratati's interview. Let's go back to that. We're not going to re-litigate it, re-debate it, or any of that stuff. Um, so, but here are the takeaways that somebody found. And you guys can... Uh, let me know if I missed something here. But uh, this was put together by a player from uh, the Suicide Kings. And he uh, put down his takeaways of what was important about yesterday. So if you missed yesterday's show, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, you can go to this Reddit uh, thread and see what you missed. Some stuff that was worth mentioning. He said uh, he mentioned uh, after a big change coming. Sorry. He mentioned that, I don't know how to read that. He mentioned that the after the big change coming soon, I assume was cloaky and local, that there's going to be a redistribution and getting things into the right places, uh, in quotations, allows players to build up their empires and infrastructure to actually customize their experience. Holy cow, I must have missed that. Uh, he can, also we, mentioned, uh, can we be allowed to say vague every time something said was vague? Yeah, the high-level vision for the Oracle and Orca to change it back into fleet boosting. We caught that one. Uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, changing the uh, changing coming soon. Uh, change coming soon, but not this quadrant. Uh, and this guy guesses what it is. For this new quadrant, Talos is going to be looking at the changes of last year. That was something I don't know if we covered yesterday, but he basically said they're going to look at the last year and see if there was something that needed iteration. And I think that was his way of reassuring the player base that uh, they didn't just make a bunch of changes last year and are walking away from them, that these are monitored changes. They're going to review them, see what condition those changes are in, and uh, reiterate. Uh, so also talked about dynamic systems uh, and how they're coming in the future. We knew that, and we did talk about that yesterday. 
And finally, interesting, he doesn't like keep stars in high sec and is confused on why earlier devs allowed it. Uh, again, we talked about that extensively yesterday. I think it was the last half hour of um, our conversation, which really got out of hand, right? Like, yeah, Sorry. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. You're, you're apologizing to the audience? Yeah, that was not good. I tilted completely because it's just these, it's these opinions about things that, at least to a lot of us, is intrinsic to what makes Eve Eve. And I think it's it's triggering when it comes up. Now, sadly, we don't have Rich in here because I battle with Rich a lot on things like how PvP should work. And even though I'm a massive fan of PvP, I think it's very important that it's happening in, in the right way. And to me, this was an attack on gameplay styles that have already been suffering and lost and hitting them even harder. Uh, it's just going to make more people leave because you're flattening the game even more. Yeah. Anyone have anything to add to uh, to that portion of it? Fix this. Not yet. Okay. I will say that there's an irony in the fact that I, I almost agree with Olmeca, but not in what he says, in what I think he means. Because I did say that ideally when everything is right in structures and a lot of things was left on the table we've covered them extensively on all our shows but when everything is 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 figured out and fixed on structures i think the plex market and the rmt market should be completely taken out of the hands of the player base and I, i'm pretty sure i said that yesterday um because i don't think that should be our revenue stream because we're basically piggybacking and 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 curtailing on 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 ccp's uh code right it's like it's like not where we should make our money we should make our money from proper pvp which is me versus you right plex is just hijacking the transactions uh from real money into the game and then from there to a player that's actually exchanging his time for that utility right well i thought that was one of the most important points that omeka brought up which i agreed with that uh the and his point was that the nullsec groups are making money based on the mechanic, not any strategic decision they made or any gameplay decision they made. Because players have to pay for accounts using Plex, that that is a reality that is a meta reality. It's not an in-game reality. Oh, again, I, I guess the reason the reason that I got triggered is because Olmeca is maybe again he he means well, uh, and he might even have. Um, a few ideas that kind of make sense further down the pipe. But the point is he's speaking out of context because Nullsec had no interest in HiSec until it started showing that it could actually take the market shares. Every Nullsec entity used to say, you can't do that. They're never going to move the market uh, out of, of GTA 4.4 because they don't want to bother. Uh, safety is an issue, uh, even if it's only locking it up for 30 days. But some of us persisted, and especially someone that's actually now very dominant in the actual structures uh, ecosystem, right? The ICU uh, was very hard on uh, starting the offshoring. And then, of course, we could go into the whole thing of all the things that CCP did, and some of them was to try and nerf that, right, with the removal of margin trade and 
trying to boost taxes and it just feels like this is some sort of strange uh pet peeve of uh Hilmus that he doesn't like the the offshoring and again maybe it's because there's players making money off of a transaction that's really about ctp's money but still it's it's messing with something that's in the game that's gameplay and and, and player driven and he should just stop with hating on it and it's the same one i keep saying to you matter all it's it's offshoring is a feature to steal market shares from mpc markets where you have unassailable wealth that's a good design that's actually a good thing well i mean nullsec did show interest in high sec by the way your mic's open in that they were it was a punitive interest they were interested in punishing and disrupting high sec and sometimes for their own profits which is interesting but sometimes just to be jerks which was not interesting uh, now you're going way back. There's very few entities because the majority of them was part of the initial groups that rolled this out. So it's actually the other way around. Uh, NullSec or the majority of NullSec entities have actually been policing structures in HiSec since the beginning. But yes, they've been removing competition, but that's a completely different That's story. not even what I'm talking about. I'm going even further than that. But philosophically, they have turned their attention to NullSec in a punitive way. It's only now they thought, all right, all these guys that we were beating up on, we can make money off them. Let's actually steal their tax money or take their tax money. And I think that's why there's a, such a resistance to the Tranquility Trade Tower. I think that's where it comes from. Why should we pay for our own death, you guys? Uh, but what, what I think needs to be understood is the TTT is run by people who aren't necessarily the guys that beat you up last time. So, But it is. You know, go ahead. Interesting. I actually have less problem with the TTT or Jita for that matter, because I can choose not to go there and use my local markets. You know, I have more of an issue with the ICY than, you know, the IC guys that moved into a couple of systems I lived in and basically told the other, you know, strong armed the smaller competition out of the system. Oh, I didn't know that happened. That's interesting. Absolutely. The ones they, they allowed, the ones they allowed to stay, they had them fix the tax rate. That's very brutal. What'd you say there, Araya? Did they hire mercenaries too to get rid of competition? That I don't know. Yeah, they hired Pirat or Pirat, whatever they were. Those guys were pretty effective. They're now gone. They also hired Horde, uh, but they didn't hire Horde through. Gobbins, I don't think they hired Horde through an FC, which I think is interesting. You basically say, "Look, you got a big army. Let me uh, let me give you some money." And even if the C CEO of Horde says, "Yeah, don't don't mess with that kind of stuff. Don't get involved in that," I'm not saying that's what he said. But if, even if someone like that said that, uh, the FC could say, "Well, just do it on my own on an alt." Uh, so, also, I believe Horde has a, a high sec contingent core or something, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, the Horde high sec division is not allowed to engage in PvP as part of the rules, and one one of the reasons is because they don't own structures in they in the Horde high sec division to keep them immune from war declarations. And another is that they're not supposed, 
supposed to you're not suicide ganking is allowed in horde but not in the high sec division because that would make they don't they don't want to punitive responses on the high sec division well in any case yeah i see you uh or i see or i choose you as they're known were the first guys that were basically consolidating the markets of high sec uh, I didn't realize they were griefing or pushing out competition. I won't call it griefing because that's something else, but it was. Uh, Strong arming, I think, is a fair term. Yeah. It makes sense that they were doing that um, because they needed to get their tax rate to be honored and anybody under it's undercutting you. So you basically have to shut them up, stop them, thwart them or destroy them or whatever if you want your tax rate to be honored. I see you weaponized the capital that they had amassed before structures came out, and that was quite a lot of money. Um, and basically used it to then roll this out and actually start this whole offshoring adventure. There was other people trying to do the same thing. Uh, eventually, Mogul also started to start moving in, but at least we stayed a little bit outside of uh, the central area. But there was always, always conflict between those groups that were participating and always newcomers that tried to muscle themselves in there. And it cost money to remove competition. And because it's possible to have aggressions like that in high sec, that's what happens. This is just, and this is where game design is a problem. And this is back to Araya that's in chat. We need a better war deck system. It's still flawed. It doesn't work. It doesn't bring civilization. And you have to choose. Do you want Isaac to be civilized or not? If you want it to just be somewhere where you can gank and grief and attack and use muscle on everything, fine. But then that's the game we have. And then the the end result is a monopoly. The strongest dog is going to come in and eat your cake. Not very imaginative. Uh, and, you know, in nature, sure. But we're supposed to be civilized. This is supposed to be hyper-civilization. This is civilization created the third time. The first time the humans made civilization, then they escaped through a wormhole, and then they all died after they created civilization. And so then this is actually the uh, trilogy. This is the last, the third time that civilization recreated itself. And, and this is the most civilized solution. The TTC is the most civilized solution. It's, it's the best we can get at the current rate, at, at the current game design, because it is a cartel that's formed willingly between entities that are usually not very friendly with each other. So there's the highest degree of security and safety. It, it, it is very unlikely that this is not going to be defended and you and your assets in there is not going to be defended because these guys can actually defend it. It's 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 the biggest dog that, that became a sheepdog. They're, they're guarding you. They're giving you the best service they can. Right now, they're not that good because there's a few things missing from structures, but they're doing the absolute best that you can do. Whether you go back in time and see all the guys that's tried to do free porting and all that stuff that couldn't be done because it just can't, right? It's very, very difficult. But in this case, this is the closest you get. Yeah, again, not the same people as before. Uh, the Galente Ice interdiction was uh, Goon Swarm. The Bernjita series one, two, three, four, uh, pretty much all Goon Swarm. The, uh, Hulkageddon. Hulkageddon was not wasn't Goonswarm though. Was was it? It was that one guy, but was he in Goonswarm? Anyone know? I thought it was Goonswarm. Probably a guy in Goonswarm. Uh, but 
you have to remember Goon Swarm of old was a, uh, they were disruptive factors. That's what they, that's what their gameplay is. It's what they do in all games. Uh, at least the essay, the, the Goon Swarm that you know now is a different Goon Swarm or they've changed a lot of their behavior. <clears throat> oh, same people as current. Yeah. That's from Billy. Uh, so of course he's going to say that. Um, there actually are some same people, but they've changed their behavior, or at least they've said they have, and it looks like, you know, we haven't seen that kind of behavior in a while uh, that I'm aware of. Okay, so Tranquility Trade Center. I don't I don't think it's uh it's it's not as it doesn't seem as toxic as it used to be. Uh, oh, who knows? And by toxic, I don't mean the trade center, I mean like uh IC, I guess, or ICU or I see why, whatever. Okay, uh, let's see what else. They discuss capital pr proliferation. Uh, this was on yesterday's uh, CCP Rattati interview with the Oz. Uh, has been, they've been tackling that problem, and I think that we all know what that is and the scarcity that uh, has come to that. Um, also, didn't someone mention, this is new, but didn't someone mention that and I didn't hear this, but they're thinking of putting more complexity to the building process of capitals. Was that anywhere? I heard that, but I don't think I caught that part of the interview. He said something along the line or in, in uh, the direction of the fact that it was frustrating that something like Titans are still fundamentally only using T1 materials. If anything should have had uh, more complex building in, included so almost become a, a tech two or a higher tier uh, building process it's basically titans right it's uh, being dependent on a basket that only consists of uh, fundamentally uh, the seven minerals and then your blueprints is a little bit of a mistake well i mean uh they they have at least two steps of development right you don't just build them out of minerals you build things out of minerals and you use those things to go now straight you, into now it. you're just strolling because that does not really matter when you have infinite slots well but i'm not trolling there are two degrees of building uh yeah yeah but you can you can stagger those right because then it, it doesn't matter that there's gaps between if all it takes is, is blueprints and minerals that's that doesn't make the process any more complicated it it just means that you 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 have to stagger them next to each other just an extra step yeah, it's, and it's not a step when you don't have slots. You don't have to wait for for a queue. You don't have to have access to slots. You don't have to have a pass. Right, uh, but it is a it is a stage, right? You build things and you use those things to build another thing. That's the second stage. Even if it's easy, it's still a second stage. But again, it's a stage that's meaningless when you have infinite slots because the the stages used to have meaning when you had slots, right? Then what made it complicated with, with the new technology that came with Tech 2 and everything else is that then you had to have more sources of, of materials. All the different types need to come from different places. So it's, it's a matter of where is your complexity? Is it is it in the process line or is it in the resource gathering line? Yeah, by slots, you mean building slots. Uh, and now those are infinite. Yeah, industry slots. Build anything. Yeah, it, it used to be about, isn't it 25 per station? And then they were always plugged in the important locations. So you had to build them a little bit out of uh, nowhere. And then the efficiency and speed bonuses and stuff like that. And, and POS industry, uh, I, there's a lot of things that people say that they miss about POS uh, functionality. 
but I can guarantee you from an industrialist point of view, we're not missing the stuff that we had to do with passes. Yeah, it would be interesting if they looked around and said, what minerals, what, not minerals, but what, uh, what things aren't being used? Like maybe some PI, maybe some salvage, maybe some... They did say in the interview... Hold on, let me, let, let, me finish, let me finish my point before you, you jump in. We're very sensitive to that right now. But if you were to collect all these three ingredients uh, or groups of ingredients and put those together, and it's not necessarily a T2 build, but it becomes a more complex, more resource-intensive build, I could see how you could complicate or make the price of these capital ships go even higher uh, and also absorb and mop up some of the um, usage cases for those items. Go ahead, Gregor. They they did say in the interview, well, Rattati said that there is going to be another use for PI coming up, which the PI market crashed after the cores issue because the main thing that was consuming a lot of PI was structures. Well, this is where Willy uh, showed a, a little bit of a thing that he had pitched uh, on the CSM that I thought was kind of interesting. He was talking about uh, crew, and and uh, that reminds me of the old team stuff. I think, and he tied it to PI, right? That the and then the, the PI stuff would then need to be somehow matured. In I think he said it should be something like low sec. I think they might have taken a page from that, and is maybe going to do something with PI to add a, f a few more layers on um, the big toys. I hope they do it almost across the board and not just with Titans, but very likely if they're going to do it, they're going to do it with Titans first, right? So if you had more items in the form of, of a new type of PI stuff, I'm not saying it's going to be the <laughs> CCP Soundwaves tokens, but if that's not entirely easy to come by, but not necessarily expensive, that's actually a, maybe a healthy uh, solution. Yeah, uh, crew has been brought up before in maybe 2010. I think there was a Eon magazine that said, is it time for crews? And uh, I don't know what their model of it was, but people have always been fascinated with crews because if you're a captain of a ship, um, it's kind of nice to think that you have like uh, people resources as well as uh, module resources and stuff. So, all right, let's look at... Anyway, so it was uh, a talk worth listening to. It's posted in our Eve News channel at uh, TIS Discord. And uh, you can see the interview on Oz's channel or Oz's YouTube. Um, but I don't know. Uh, just the final note on this thing, and we can just put it away. What do you guys think of the interview? Not talking about the performance of the interviewee. I thought that was great. Talking about CCP Rattati and the information that came out. Is there anything that we learned that was new? Are there just more clues? What do you guys think? I think there was one interesting takeaway. It sounds like they might... Okay, it was very vague the way that it was talked about, but he talked around it a few times. Um, one of them is the... Um, there's a quote directly verbatim um, from the interview on an INN article that's actually being really nice. But he talks about... Um, it's, it's the last quote... He's talking about something that, that seems to point to something happening with the empires. And my suspicion is that it's going to be a, a hybrid of something we saw with Triglavians and what we saw with Faction Warfare. Or, sorry, what's been presented to the, uh, at the CSM from Faction Warfare. We got that 
um, presentation that the CSM members gave to CCP, we we, we got the the PowerPoint from um, from Briscoe Ball, um, and that's some of the things that they discussed. And apparently, the CCP actually kind of liked some of the ideas. So I'm strongly suspicious that it's going to be along those lines because these drums, when it comes to the the, the original empires, have been kind of uh, sounding for uh, at least a few years now. And this this is where we need Astrology to talk about all the Delegate Zero stuff and and all the law things and 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 how the 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 law based news uh, is interpreted. But I think we're going to see maybe not a, a hot war, but I think they're going to do something with faction warfare that that's going to be that dynamic AI stuff that he talks about. And I'm I'm certain that we might actually hear about it very soon because otherwise he shouldn't be leaking that. Uh, in an interview like that. Hmm. Something else he said kind of in the same vein uh, had to do with, a re- it was kind of as a remark where he was talking about the different empires and, you know, certain people, you know, uh, complaining about the empire mining, you know, NPC mining fleets cleaning out belts and in, kind of left it hanging as far as Gee, what do you think they're? What do you think the empires are doing with all those resources? Building Yaphaden Titans. Yeah, what's the implication? Answer the question for us. Yeah, well, I I don't know, but they're not building statues. Well, the the point is that that CCP on the inside actually calculates all these things. Um, they're bound into very old codes. Code. So when when all these amounts are flowing around in in the NPC corporations and and the all the NPC organizations, they they, they are actually there in the accounts, um, and and basically the same is is as far as I know true for a lot of the the tape things and um, and LP uh, payments and all of that stuff, right? So all the money and all the wealth that the empires are gathering from us uh, and from space needs to be used for something, right? And well, eventually you could imagine that something like this becomes a war. It's the same narrative they did with the whole buildup of, of Kida and the tax hike. All right. Well, check that out. CCP Rattati gives interview on Twitch. Uh, it's the latest. He's done interviews several times last year. Did the one That's his first one this year. Uh, people want to know about scarcity. That's why it's important. That's why it's, we had a reaction stream to it. People wanted to react to it. I think they heard some things they wanted to talk about. Uh, and those are always important because this is as close as we get to a, mm, what, pathway or what do they call that? Roadmap. Again, Roadmap. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and we have to remember there was no one really in charge of, of building a new vision and a new roadmap with the exception of, of, of course, uh, Berger and Hilmer. But then since they, they wanted completely new procedures and, and new delegations and all that stuff. I think mainly after the the sale of CCP. Um, I think the fact that now we've actually got Retarty appointed uh, to be responsible for this. Um, I think we might actually see a roadmap. Uh, I, I, he would not, or, or I would say it would be weird if he used the term roadmap if he's not intending on giving us one at least at some point soonish. Well, 
yeah. So interestingly, if, if you're, and this is funny coming at the end of this segment, but uh, if you're interested in listening to CCP, when you listen to Berger, when you listen to Hilmar, these are the guys that are in charge of the vision uh, of where it would go. You don't see Man Buren, but he's also an executive producer or was. Um, but definitely the guy out front is Berger. And uh, so they're talking about what kinds of things to light up in the future, what kinds of features, what kinds of game direction build, and that sort of stuff. And then you have guys that need to translate that vision into actual deliverables. And that would be like a Muppet Hunter or a Ratati, uh, who I think is actually a different position now. He was in charge of the balance or the ecology of EVE Online, but his position now is something of a chief uh, of products, chief of product, yeah. or head of products. But the point is that he's responsible for these things. And I think it's kind of interesting if you think about it. You know, you remember back in the Torpy France days, right? When when we had these visions and big plans and in the time of Uber and in the time of, of Siegel, when we had these big plans and big roadmaps, right? And they were very almost pie in the sky, uh, very much on almost unattainable goals, right? And then if we shoot for the stars, we will land on the moon, right? But I think what they've done now is because all of the fallout from that where everyone kept screaming make spaceships for the spaceship game right um i think what they've done now is they realized the second rail for eve online that's always been underneath this game is the simulation so it's a simulation with spaceships in a spaceship game right so if it's the simulation and the ecosystem and the economy why not just let someone like the team that's responsible for that do the roadmap and make sure that it's the best simulation, because that's pretty much what he said verbatim, right? He wants this to be the best simulation out there. And if, if that's the goal, I'm almost going to say I'm on board. It's difficult, and it's a tall order, but it's still maybe not as difficult as walking in stations was almost 10 years ago. Right, those kinds of features. Right, so then, again, translating the vision at the top is uh, people uh, like Ritati who are making sure that... Um, the the things that are attainable, the deliverables that can be done, that those are uh, in relationship to the direction that they want to go. And then you have the game designers that uh, I think look at a wish list of things that they want to uh, to have done and they work on those. And that's kind of like an agile shop, which I think CCP is. Uh, you basically have anywhere from... I'm making a guess here from 10 to 12, 10 to 20 different features that they want to work on. And, uh, and then they, they figure out which one they can do and what order is the proper order. If you build this technology, will it make this easier in the future, make this other thing easier in the future? And then you would do the prerequisite first and then do the, you know, the secondary and stuff. That's kind of how those things go. Um, but you can have a different, set of features that are ready to go at different times. And that's why we don't have unified themes for our expansions anymore. We used to have an expansion that was built around a theme and a lot of the features fell under that umbrella. Not all, but a lot. And uh, now they haven't bothered to do that sort of thing anymore. It's really just iteration on a game. And the overall that's... direction is why you would want to listen to these talks by these developers. Go ahead. 
but that's also because of something that you, I think you actually said uh, at some point this week. We were talking about game development in in general and talking about other games. I know that's uh, not allowed in our EVE Online, but we we actually do play other games. And what you said is that the the requirements and the cost has gone up so much, and and I think this is especially true for CCP. So to to create those old school uh, patches that was complicated with a lot of content that was supposed to tie together both law-wise and with new uh, art uh, stuff and and new game designs and all of these things. Back then, you could do that with X amount of man hours. If you do that today, because we have so much more complexity, not just in, in the game, but also in the requirement from the player base when it comes to what's a good mission and what's a functional ship and how should it be balanced and what should it look like and should it be animated and all of these things like all those assets needs to be made that would be a magnitude more requiring when it comes to dev hours yeah Araya, do you have any comments on this are you still in here i guess not we were talking about that Araya had to go and do adulting you had to go adult (laughs) all right what what are we talking about we're on air, so keep that in mind. Wow, look at that. All right, we're about to go into some of the war news for you in just a second. But um, okay, so Araya is gone. He was just another person that was involved in that talk earlier today. And um, we can just leave it there. But that, again, is why you would want to listen to CC peers at this level to try to figure out what's the landscape of the game now? Where are we in this process of reducing the abundancy of minerals, which created a distortion in the amount of power that people could build in giant ships. Uh, How far along in that process are we of repairing that swelling? And what's in the future? And by listening to these guys, you you get a sense. They don't tell you what's going to happen, but you get a sense of the direction you're going. And that allows you to prepare for change. All the people that are keenly uh, playing this game on the meta level are paying attention to all the signals that are being sent. They may not watch all the interviews, but they have people that will digest this stuff for them, figure out some of the stuff, just like this guy did on Reddit for you. And they will read those reports and therefore they're informed about how to anticipate change. One thing you can anticipate is, because he came out and said it, is that something that's got a lot of... Um, and this is what Gregorian was talking about, something that's got a glut in its, um, there are stockpiles of this stuff, therefore it needs to be used up in some way, is PI material. So there'll probably be some kind of a PI change, either to slow down its production, to change its needs, uh, what it could be used for, to draw more demand on the products. And those kinds of changes are incredibly important to long-term investment in the market in EVE Online. When you hear those signals, you keep watching for those signals, keep looking at the market and what changes are happening um, as far as, uh, you know, as far as like uh, updating the game. You keep looking for confirmation that something's happening in that area because at a certain point you will want to buy up PI because it will go up in value. A good example of that is if you were paying attention to uh, Marauder being changed as soon as they said they wanted to affect the Marauder in some way, it was a gamble. Are they going to make it better and more desirable? Or are they going to nerf it and make it worse? 
And at that point, you should have been into the Marauder market, either buying the materials or making the materials to make a Marauder or buying the ship itself, holding it off the market until the actual news comes out and then you would put it back on the market for a higher price. That's a quick cycle. That was a couple weeks. But these PI, these big cycles, right? When they said we're going to bring in a, a bun, uh, uh, we're going to bring in a cure for the abundancy of minerals in the form of scarcity of minerals, and we're going to do it in three steps, and it's going to take a long time. That was your signal to buy up as much minerals piles as you could, and hold them as long as you could, so that you could start to unload them. If you unloaded tritanium uh, a, a few months ago, but you bought that tritanium a year ago, you would have made a fortune. That's how you. That's why you listen to this stuff. And it, and one last thing on this. This is where Eve makes the most amount of money per. Um, the biggest money making in the game is value added service, and that means the market basically. So that's where the fortunes are made. Make no mistake. Okay, let's move on, shall we, to destruction instead of making money, losing money. I had it here somewhere, but it uh, looks like it's a busy day for... Uh, these are the, the 10 billion or more kills that is uh, listed on Z Killboard. And right there at the very top, this just happened a second ago, 136 billion Ixotio, uh from Goon Swarm in Y5C. That was just destroyed. There's a number of structures going down right now. I believe they're in the process now of destroying. Uh, let's have a look at the list here. Yeah, this is the content that Olmeca uh, was claiming is not happening. Because you're basically seeing, what, four, five hundred billions of stuff being destroyed on one side by the two other guys that have five hundred billion each in profits from the TTC stuff. So this is where your money is going, guys. Well, it's despite, not not in spite of the TTT. But let me just read this. Uh, two out of three Satios are down so far, so it'll probably be a total of three of those going down today. One out of two Tataras uh, have gone down. Uh, and there's a bunch of Fortizars, I think, or a few Fortizars. So a lot of those are being listed here. There's more on the way. This is the Reckoning. And by reckoning, I mean W-R-E-C-K-E-N, wreck. Um, literally, Pappy right now are destroying structures that are essentially undefended um, because the Imperium is not really, at this point, capable or willing to defend these structures. They either find them unimportant or they just are outclassed with too many people fighting them. Uh, so Delve is burning Make no mistake about that. And every day today, for the next 30 days, you will hear news about how much more is being destroyed uh, with a few lulls to, to, to cycle up the timers. You don't destroy something in one day. It takes a few cycles. That's three or four or five days. And so there, everything is being staggered. There might be a day or two where there's not a lot of destruction. But I think for the next 30 days, we're looking at a ton of destruction and the momentum of that destruction getting even stronger as delve gets leveled you you did you, you misspelled it, you 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 left out the w right i said w it's, it's, r -E. okay yeah, yeah it's a, <laughs> that was the joke rex it, okay it's not a reckoning uh, and no. i think we, we i i, I talked to really and and i i say it's five keep stars and he says it's at, at least 10 so we're gonna have to see how many 
wealthy structures are going to be completely removed. Yeah, and I, I think Ray and I were talking about this too, and how disappointing it is to target a structure and to see it blow up and then all of a sudden disappear, like it never existed. All that stuff that was in it went to asset safety, so you don't really get a piece of that. And um, there is a wreck, and you salvage that, and you're done. So it's just not very dramatic for for the amount of Keepstar that's out there. Let's talk about the Keepstar, the biggest structure in EVE Online. And when you destroy that, that should be something you salvage over a period of a week and a half to, I'm sorry, two weeks or a month. You know, You literally have to come and cut pieces off of that wreck and you should literally, um, it should be like a mining field that you have to take on for a while. Uh, it's just uh, too bad there's no imagination in that sense because they want to just uh, get right to the destruction of ships but not create that ecosystem gameplay that they really should. And this is where I, you could mention that something like the extra large platforms, yes, to some they might seem expensive. But when you think about who's supposed to own these things it's supposed to be organizational things that's like the new end game they are dirt cheap but i i know that people say oh no they're not well they are if you compare this to what it cost back in the day to build titans these things are not expensive at all well if you insist on putting uh tech two rigs on it then of course but tech two rigs in general are crazy expensive regardless of what they're on right mm -hmm. um so, so the whole point is that these things are a little bit too cheap and should have hit a higher price point also because they need to be comparable to um, what it, they can generate. And uh, yeah, they do have a potential to generate a lot of money. Yeah. And a little more on that idea, uh, it looks like people resonate with it, of creating a salvaged area is you create gameplay for other people. Now you don't have to have just warriors, right? Because right now... The way it is now, you bring a ton of guys, they shoot something, hopefully they win, the strategy involved, but once it's done, the thing blows up, you pack it up and you go, and your guys have to do nothing but be warriors. But if you imagine that there is now something that you have to deal with as far as wreckage, and let's even say it becomes toxic to the system if you don't clean it up or some weird stuff like that, if you wanted to play with that idea. But now you have to have miners as well, you have to have salvagers as well, you have to have people with other professions. And so it's not just, let's just all be warriors and fight this war. Okay, now let's all just be ratters and make money. That's the only thing you have in this really terrible flat space game where you can have so much diversity uh, and eco-culture. It's just, uh, it feels like it's really missing right now. Maybe they'll they'll think along those terms, but it takes, in my opinion, um, player pressure not to demand the same pacifier over and over and over again, which our CSM does nothing but amplify what people that are the loudest say. There's just a whole quiet lurking group, I'm sure, that would love to see more interesting stuff in the game. And I wish uh, CCP would really design for that group as opposed to the loudest people in the room, including myself. Okay, let's move on. I've had my personal point of privilege um, actually, that's I, just, it. I just think that that was a good rant because uh, I, I love the, the, the thought of maybe extending how long it actually takes to clean up the field after big battles like that. I'm pretty sure that in, in real world terms, it doesn't take that long to take something down, but to clean it up and to rebuild it, that should take a lot of time. Yeah. 
And I thought the toxic stuff would be interesting because it gives you some counterplay. Like you can't just leave it there. Or maybe you do leave it there, but over time it becomes uh, something else you have to deal with. Um, I don't know. It's, there's, a, there's a ton of these ideas that I think these designers know about. It's just uh, implementing them is hard. And that's what we were talking about earlier is instead of taking an idea like that, that might take a ton of people working on it um, for a long period of time, they're doing the easier changes that cost less money for veterans to keep them happy because all they want to do is keep us happy. And so what they're doing is just whatever we're yelling about, they're kind of fixing those things. Whatever the CSM tell them we're yelling about, that's the things that they're going to fix and, and you know, look at. I, uh, Ratati did say he looks, he looks at the statistics to see what ships aren't being used and how can they fix those ships. And that's how the Marauder got up on the menu. And that's why it got fixed. And so they do that as well. It's not just CSM and players. Um, but they're really just tweaking things and fixing things uh, that we already play with. And uh, so the imaginative new stuff, I think, is not there because they're concentrating on two things right now. And that is keeping veterans happy. And the other thing is creating f better funnels as people get deeper and deeper into the game when they start the game. And that's where a lot of energy is going. Jobu said something funny in chat that I actually completely resonate with and think could be very, very interesting. What if, if you left the wreckage, right? If, if you do not do anything with it, that's actually the spawn point for something like a forward operating base or even just something like roaming rats or drifters or uh, yes. whatever, right? Pirates, right. If, if, you, if you do not clean your stuff Sand away, <laughs> then you will get an infection, right? If you, if you leave your trash uh, lying around on your yard, you're going to get rats. That's just how it works. It would be amazing if they could code something like that. I love the idea of like Tuscan Raiders coming around and making a place dangerous because there's garbage everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of neat. Um, okay. Uh, I think we were going to talk about Poshvin. Let's see if I can still get uh, this guy to show up here. Try to get a guy from Poshvin. Tell us what's going on in there because that seems to be one of the interesting areas. Um, now, I, I did say they weren't really doing imaginative things, but that's unfair to people who worked on Poshvin. Because uh, that is imaginative and it's interesting and it's game changing, it's landscape changing, and that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. It's a living, a living world that you uh, adjust to, and so there are definitely people who are taking advantage of that and getting in there. And uh, and we'll talk with one of them so you can tell us what's going on. It's not just about money making either. It's about, um, it's about imagination and expansion of the universe so that it feels big. The one thing I hate and rail against all the time is is when, when the universe starts to feel small, like a high school, and you know all the guys that are the big men on campus, and um, and it's just like, wow, I got to hear from that guy again. And it's uh, I love an Eve that is expansive, where there's always somebody new to meet, somebody interesting. Uh, there's a lot of ordinariness to it. Uh, and not everything is spectacular. Uh, I love the idea of ordinary Eve. If I could, if I could delve into ordinary Eve, I totally would. All right. So I've invited a friend over. Let's see. Here he is. Um, let me get your name right. It is Gabriel Beminacht. Is that what it is? How are you? Can you check your mic? Yeah. Give my second to adjust. Tom. Can you guys hear me? Do you see him in the chat? 
Yeah, I don't see him keying up, though. Uh, okay, he may not have his stuff set. Hang on, we'll try to get him situated. Yes, a new voice. Uh, again, I go out looking for him. Yeah, he's working on his mic. Uh, but he is an example of, of uh, people that uh, are great to meet. They're, they're new to me, and um, they're not ordinary, but they're doing something different. And so it's really nice to Interesting. venture out. There you go. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. It's nice to meet you. Uh, let me just introduce you as Gabriel Benemacht. Is that right? Uh, whatever. Some, 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 some brand of jeans. I remember liking the name of 25 years ago. I have no idea. It just <laughs> like a demon or something. Yeah. All right, man. Tell us about yourself. You, all, it's, all, all I know is that you uh, reside in Poshvet. Yeah. Yeah. In part. Um, I, I, I think um, we have a... I, I'm not sure how unique it is due to how the... Um, statics work uh to a particular system in portion uh they they tie up and exclusively end up in low sex which is basically a staging where we have a lot of stuff that's blue so we have a pretty safe hole and uh, when one of those systems uh got invaded what how long is it ago now like five six months or something mm-hmm. uh me and a couple guys decided to just uh, take it for the tricks and see what would happen right that's uh, that's kind of how to, uh, how that evasion was sh- shaping up. People had like sparse information, so um, yeah, we've been um, me and a couple guys have been uh, convenient have convenient access to that particular system, and we still have structures in there that are, used to be in in the associated LOSAC. So now uh, I spend a lot of a lot of my time flying around the portion. Cool. So Poshman is a, is a situation where there were systems that were essentially kidnapped, we call it, from uh, Empire Space, and they took all the buildings with them. So everything in those systems that was built also existed there. And that meant that players, some players, had stations in Poshman, but no new structures could be built. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. As far as I know, nothing about that has changed. Okay, so I'm wondering how many structures do you think uh, have been destroyed and how many are left? Are they becoming more valuable? Oh, they're most certainly becoming more valuable. Um, it's it's hard to judge. Um, Porsven has, a, has a, a couple of advantages I think people have yet to uh, use, um, probably mainly because of the standings requirement that's included in order to use all the gates in, the, in there. And I think uh, if there's entities that, that that would like to make use of that, there's a couple around that seem to be interested in it. Yeah, they have to get through the dedication of, of grinding up their standings with a particular group of guys, right? And that's yeah. a, a big hurdle. So what do you like uh, most about being in there? What attracted you to it? Uh, after we uh, figured out what it was, like what the, what the properties of the space were, I was mainly interested in uh, the PvP element. So what I'm really interested in is to see if people start getting battleships around, right? There's no, uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm flying this really cool battleship. I want to get a cool fight, but this dude just dropped three supers on my face and now I'm dead, right? That doesn't happen in Porsche. You, you have to get around. You're generally not safe. You're there's even mobs that point you right that can totally ruin your day if you're trying to get away from something so there's there's this uh the fight seems to be a, a little bit smaller 
which I think is really enjoyable. Yeah. So again, the reason that happens is nobody can jump into Poshvin, so you can't get uh, Sino uh, jumped, basically, by bigger ships. That's correct. And that also ties into one of the appeals, because you can Sino out, and you can use filaments to exit out in that specific Poshvin's region of space. So say you want to start a Rome in Forge, and you all have required standings, you can take a couple gates, You'll be in an entirely different system. You exit a hunter and you put some guys or some blobs in portion and you come completely out of nowhere, anywhere in, in New Eden, basically, if you, if you have the organization to pull that off, right? Yeah. Let's see. There seems to be some weird stuff in there. Is there new stuff that you're discovering or is it, um, have you kind of seen everything that's new and it's just a matter of moving around looking for PVP? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, on the on the PVE front, um, it, it's hard to get uh, enough guys in to safely and consistently clear uh, what seems to be the main content in the system, which is those wormholes, right? The, the, the way it seems to work is that the, the different faction rats fight each other. The main uh, value seems to be in a couple of sites and the specific Tragalavian salvage, which is easiest to acquire by A, killing Tragalavians, and B, just salvaging the field. And by clearing uh, the wormholes, which are basically uh, three-stage combat sites, and the combat anomalies, which after you clear them, uh, the, the mobs ping off into system, they proceed to fight Tragalavian forces, which you can then salvage. That seems to be the main appeal of, of doing stuff in there. And it's, it, it's hard. Um, uh, one time I, uh, we had, because the wormholes spawn from the outside in, right? So someone has to scan them down from wormhole space or from uh, drone null or from your static, right? And mm -hmm. uh, so either you have one wormhole, your static, if you scan it down or you have six, it entirely depends on how busy it is. And if people scan the entry holes down, I have noticed what seems to be, uh, some, some kind of overload in. Uh, the amount of mobs that ping around and one of the signatures that's associated with uh, like the central defense point of the Triglavians, it's a gate that leads to the big cannon that's shooting at the sun, mm -hmm. that gate despawned. So there might still be a PvE mechanic there that I'm not entirely sure about, but it seems to be mainly around the, the, the fleet fights. Is it lucrative? Uh, I know people always want to know how much money can be made. Should I be doing this? What do you say to them? Yeah, I think the, the the most accessible way would be the standard get in there with a corp, farm the content, and, and build out Triglavian stuff. The LPs, um, I, it's, a, it's, a point, it's a point of view. I, I used to farm low-sec dead sites, and if I did just do that for a day, it's it doesn't compare, especially the amount of pilots I need to throw in there in order to make it financially valuable, plus the interruptions that can occur in a system where you don't have local, right? I mean, it's it's unpredictable. So I I personally, if you get into criticism, I'd like more content to, to draw people in there. But, you know, you can make money there, sure. Well, that's part of the draw. It's uh, people looking to make a fortune and they come across you, for instance. Right, right. And and just for instance, let's, let's say you'd... Uh, 
this is this i think they recently changed it so the salvage from the road drones is no longer triglavian salvage which made made them uh pretty valuable the wormholes seem to be the three stages seem to be five pilot max five mil 20 odd mil 50 mil per pilot in pure payout plus whatever salvage you, you drag out of all so i think uh, with the with the salvage still triglavian i on four pilots, I do about seven, eight hundred, which isn't, you know, huge. seven, eight hundred million per what unit of time? You'd clear a hole in 10, 15 minutes. Then you have 20 -ish minutes on the respawn for the hole. Then you get the next stage. And uh, it seems to be that when you trigger a stage, so you kill the stage one of a wormhole, mm -hmm. the rats that continuously spawn from those wormholes and ping around in system are one tier higher in difficulty. So theoretically, they would entice a stronger response, I think, from the Triglavian defenses, giving you better loot in system as well. So that's, but that's really hard to keep track of on yourself. I can't salvage the system all day. I want to hunt around and kill people. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, but put that in perspective of a uh, ISK per hour. What are we talking about? Again, it depends on the range. range. If you have one wormhole in your system that day, you're not going to be making a lot of money because there's not going to be any NPCs there as well. If you get yeah. seven or eight holes and you can clear them all, which you can, for the sleepers, it's hard uh, by yourself, but for Eden Calm and for the drones, you can get pretty far solo with a couple of T1 battleships. Uh, probably looking at maybe a hundred mil an hour if you do it efficiently, which is not significant. Right. Okay. I and you make a, you if you get a large industrial system behind it, I think you can do really well because another big part of the value in the systems is mining. Oh, okay. So there's a diversity of the way you make money in Poshvin. Yeah, I think so. The main appeal is that I, I think I'm not a miner myself, but I think uh, people have mentioned that the, it contains any everything except two particular types of ore. So, so it seems to be really good for accessibility to all different types, but I'm not a main miner. I just protect right. some things. And in some ways, Pochvin can be accessed um, really easily through the forge because that's where a lot of Pochvin systems ended up being taken from. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's actually also a very convenient part about it. I mean, I'm in, uh, from my staging which would normally be 40 odd jumps to GDA in a blockade runner. I'm now in GDA in odd 12 jumps or something. No, no just, time at all. Yeah. Uh, just take one gate in Porsche and I filament out. And there we go. We're in Forge. Right. So, in order to get you more targets, how do people get into Poshvin? Uh, review that. I don't know. I think it's changed a little bit. It used to be really rough. The standings, when it first came out, the standings were really rough. They were hard to get, they were almost impossible to get. I think that's been fixed. But how does somebody get into Poshvin and actually participate with it, play with it? If, if you want to get to a stage where you can gate around, I would recommend doing it as a group. And I mean, there's content there for a solo player, but I'm a solo, solo player with four counts. So I've got four tunes flying around and I can conveniently clear most of the sites and gate around. And I have structures that I can dock in, right? I mean, it's, it's incomparable. So I, I associate that there's, there's a couple of groups that are inclusive to, to new players. And there's uh, a couple of more elite PVP groups where you'll be responsible for farming it yourself. If you want to do it solo the slow way, 
just fly around something cheap, enter, shoot all the mobs, and wait for the tricks to kill them. You can target paint them, and you'll get a tick, right? That that that's a way to do it, but it's not particularly um, because they don't aggro they don't aggro on you if you target paint them, right? Is that the advantage? Yeah, I, I'm sure they would, but you can do it from really far away, so they can't point you. And if you're in like a vigil or something, right? You lose a vigil. Worst it could happen. It's not really low, particular. Low cost. Yeah. And the same goes for salvage, right? If you're, you should put a couple of salvagers on there. I mean, some of those, um, uh, one particular material for Triglavians, at least last I checked, was going for LV3, 4 million or something. So if you drag that out of a corpse, it's like zero point condon. No, that's the abyssal dead space one. I'm not sure what the name is. I forgot. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's all right. Um, so basically, though, people can find their way into Poshvan through wormholes, or they can use filaments to take them into a random system in Poshvan. Yeah. Okay. Oh, making weird beeps, I think. Yeah, it must be the, the uh, I think it's Discord here that people are moving around and it's creating your beeps and boops. It's no problem. Is there... Um, so what's it like living as living in Poshvin as being part of the groups? You're part of Sturblog or something? No, 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 no. Streetblog are, uh, yeah, Streetblog is, uh, is when, when you talk about uh, a major group, I know in Poshvin that takes on newer players and lower mm -hmm. players. They have a system where they, uh, they fly around with their new bros and, and take one battleships and Nagas and all sorts <laughs> of stuff in PvE. Yeah. yeah, believe it or not, real guns are a thing. <laughs> These drifters are no joke, man. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta stay well away. I think it was last uh a week from Friday we had uh Dutch Gunner who who presented a paper on how to survive and even defeat uh drifters. And you basically have to dodge them because they'll crack your hull in half with one blast. I I've I've been on grid in Lashak. Lashak, you don't you don't wanna you wanna wanna see the value off with nesters, you do not want to see the value off and we've we've tried I've seen those nesters get deleted. It's it was absolutely horrifying, absolutely <laughs> horrifying. Sitting on grid in a free builder shack, going, "That could have been me." That's not uh, amulets. Everything. It's just wow. nope, nope. It's, they just cut right through you. Wow. Yeah, caps. Caps is the only thing that I found the consistent. The higher tier sleeper worm was the only thing that uh, we used to be able to try that out with caps, but we don't no longer no longer do that. Yeah, but you were saying uh, Street Blogger is not you. Uh, what what can you tell us about the groups in uh, Poshvin? All right. So when this got taken over, it it seemed like there was a, like three groups forming, and they seemed to be doing it along the like the the clade lines. Uh, you got the the three different ones. I think Svarog, Perun, and it's probably going to be Striebog then. They're probably named after the third one. I'll look at it. They're right here. Kind of small for me to see, but uh, yeah, I'm not an ultra ultra lore buff myself. I think it's cool. Yeah, that's all right. So, so you have Cray. Uh, wait a minute. No, they're all. Oh, I see. Uh, so you have uh, Veles, you have Perun, and you have Svarog. Those are yeah, the yeah. Leads. Yeah, and uh, initially, like you, you, you had the group. I believe the, the group that was responsible for pushing most of the trick content, and you're thinking about people um, from from Kybernauts, I think primarily, that were flying around, and I'm not entirely sure how they tied in, but they sort of split up due to some drama 
mid evasion and they they the, the some guys uh, settled in the in one of the clay pipes and the chironauts with some suddenly spaceship guys set up in the Swarov pipe. Um, the Swarov pipe sort of collapsed, so there are now more separate entities with a couple wormhole groups tied in that are loosely blue. And then, um, yeah, I don't know if you sort of have a map in your image, like how the, the triangle works, right? You got the border systems and uh, people sort of try to keep everyone who lives in different clade systems sort of sort of red, like on principle, as far as I've been able to tell, which I've been able to enjoy. But there's also a lot of small groups of five, ten interdicted T3s just roaming around, killing whatever. Oh, yeah, interesting. Um, and, okay. and a lot of day trippers. And a lot of a what? Lot of, a lot of day trippers. You see a lot of brave souls filamenting battleships in blindly. I've seen the shacks, dummies, rattlesnakes, buttload of practices, like an, an immense amount. And they just, they try to farm the stuff in the system and they try to filament out. So that's a lot of uh, fun PV content, a lot of wormholers hopping in and out. Yeah, yeah. Varag101 says a lot of wormholers uh, go in there, make some money. Definitely. Day, day, yeah, um, day trippers, you call them. Yeah, day trippers. Yeah, they're really, they're really fun to spot. You'll see, you'll see them sitting at a celestial way too long in something way too big. And you see them thinking, fuck, man, I have this timer. I, I need to wait until I can filament out. I really hope I don't, don't get combat scanned uh, right now. <laughs> it's just always a, always a very enjoyable moment. What's the difference between a, a Poshman local and a day tripper from wormhole space? They, sh they share a lot of ca uh, characteristics, I assume. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure you can actually... I, th I think the, the 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 people with stations, like like player stations, mm -hmm. you can technically call them local because they're fairly safe, right? You're not just gonna be able to root those guys out. Like you can camp a neutral station or something. Yeah, what's the difference? Well, it's, the space it's is different, so they're not used to fighting with, or dealing with bubbles, for instance. Or yeah, that's that's true. To or extent. bombs, right? I'm still uh, I'm still getting used to the idea of bombs and bubbles, but we need to start uh, applying some nullsec stuff to that. But the biggest thing is no local. That's just that's just a huge it's a huge thing. Flying around this portion is uh, it can be fairly paranoid inducing. Yeah, well, that's something they're used to, but that's not something uh, day trippers from Empire Space or low sec, high sec, or nullsec uh, are used to at all. Oh, and and it's also it's very fun. Half the people have no idea what they're jumping into. I, I, there's there's I, there's been so many situations where, luckily, the pilots have been good enough to to continuously avoid uh, my incessant combat probing, to the point where I communicate with them and go like, "You guys need some help because you seem to be stuck in this system." Because again, <laughs> you feel sorry for. Me. Yeah, and I go like, "All right, you we can combat probe all day, but I'm not going to grab you. We've established that. So now I'm just going to take you guys out to the extent." where very often I'll just send them out through our blue wormhole, straight through our blue bubble uh, <laughs> low sack, straight into a gate camp somewhere along the way. So that, that tends to work out for us. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, not a lot of people agree. <laughs> Victims tend to not, not agree. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to say about uh, Poshven, where you're, what you're doing, like what, what it's like and what you're doing there? What it's like, yeah. Uh, if you can farm the standings, if you can stomach that and you can gate around with a couple of friends in, in, in some cool ships, you, 
I can see you fly around in, in, in nightmare gangs and marauders and all sorts of cool shit. You just got to get past the hump. And if we get some cool fleet fights in here with like small groups of D1 ships or, you know, even if it's just cruisers, it's great. And there's, there's a lot of entities you can pick a fight with here. If you want, there's a, there's, there's a fair amount of groups that can feel the, especially if you start going after some structures, they can feel significant numbers so you can get some large cool fights then. Yeah, one thing this space has that wormholes don't, for instance, is actual gates that go from one system to the next. So uh, Yeah, and being able to take those gates is a gigantic advantage. Right. Some people can't follow you through them if they don't have the right system. Yeah, so so especially like those people with structures in there that routinely farm their stuff in portion. You know, you're going to want to root them out. You're going to have to do some work. Even wormholes, right? you got 16 hours and a very limited amount of mass. If you want to pressure someone in a specific system, you're going to have to put some effort in. It's not hard if you can gate, but as long as you can't, it's, it's a fairly... Uh, Explain fair that a little bit. How do you how do you get permission to gate through Pashvin? Just by uh, raising your standings. So if you kill Edencom, uh, Drifter, or Drone Rats, you gain more standings with the Triglavians, and you have uh, three different types of systems. So uh, if you imagine a triangle... Uh, the, there's going to be uh, three corners. Every corner is going to be the home system. So that's going to be a standing requirement of seven to enter. Oh my God, uh, that's so high. Yeah, that's that's really high. And they, they've got this gigantic uh, uh, Triglavian structure in there that, as far as I know, doesn't really do anything yet, but it's supposed to be some sort of cap anchorage or something along the lines i'm kind of hoping that uh, that there's still some content to come there so only the only the most loyal triglavian sided uh, players can enter those systems yeah 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 and and the, some people have speculated inc- including i think it's astorothy i think he's been on this uh, on, on talking with stations as well in some uh, some episodes who who think that there that the idea might have been or might still be that there uh, could be like a, another layer deeper in right because it seems to be attaching to these these old domains from those triglavian guys right they're trying to make some sort of bridge or something like mm. some connect between the two two areas and uh yeah who knows who knows what else is to come right they're not done with uh tinkering with this uh chad is talking about go ahead Hmm? Oh, I uh, just saying. I hope not. I want a, a Triglavian Tech Three cruiser, so I, I very much hope they're not done yet. <laughs> oh no! I think they'll. I think they're built. This is the future. I think they're going to build on this for a while. Can you? Um, do you know anything about Fraternity being in Poshman? Did they? Does that ring a bell at all? Yeah, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yesterday I flew around a bit. I know they were. Uh, I know. I know they were specifically messing with the guys from Streetwalk. I'm not entirely sure if they'd like to tell me which system that's in. If you look around on uh, on, on on Killboard and you're interested, you might be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know there was a fight. I saw a, a, a substantial uh, Sleepwalk fleet. I think like four forty or fifty guys. I know the the Fred guys uh, were there for re- retaliation, although they didn't tell me in retaliation to what. And since they were st- shooting Streetwalk guys that. Uh, uh, RF'd one of our structures a couple of days before I, uh, I I figured I'd help them and I gave them some exit filaments which they seemed to need for whatever reason I don't know why but uh, <laughs> I figured if Streetball wouldn't be able to grab those guys that'd be a win for me so I said I think they went home I'm not entirely sure <laughs> <laughs> they went somewhere 
Yeah, yeah, they were in the in the fleet of, of guardians and zealots, I think. I think they they kind of underestimated the amount of megath megathrons that uh, <laughs> that those guys could field. But that's what it seemed like. They weren't very talkative uh, with me at the time. Yeah, well, they also might have a language barrier. Uh, a lot of fraternity or, uh, from Chinese groups. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't particularly trust them. They asked me to dock up in a neutral station that that tossed me the access filaments, and I said, "Nah, you, you can work to me on a safe. I'll leave them in a box. You go, you go have fun. You, you might be a street box spy. I have no idea what's going on here." So, uh, you remind me of a park ranger. People lost in the forest, and you're you're like sometimes. If I can't catch and kill you myself, I'll most certainly sometimes maybe help you. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm looking at their losses, and I don't see uh, Poshman in here. I don't know how, if those register as normal. Yeah, if you look, if you look around in uh, there's Alawari, Shoda, and Senda. That area around there is, I think, where something happened with Fred and Street. Oh, I'm are. not sure if that would be fine. That's funny because um, the the language of Triglavians is all triangles. So whenever you see something written in triangles. You'll know that's in some kind of uh, abyssal space or Triglavian space, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, this was a looks like a couple things came up a few days ago. All right, cool. Well, yeah, hey man, there's, there's, there's good, there's there's yep. marauders. People should just show up here. It's fun. Yeah, I was going to ask if 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 you've been seeing marauders, they've got a real boost a few days ago. I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing them. I mean, they're expensive to fly, especially now in Porsche and. Uh, there have been a, a couple of notable, extremely large Marauder dunks in Porsche in the early in the earlier weeks when people were using them to like easily farm the content. Like ten to fifteen golems whacked by some other fleet. I think it was maybe four months ago. I could have a look around later and maybe I can find the find an Ezekiel. But I'm not really sure if people are comfortable flying Marauders around here yet but who knows i mean 3k dps golems can do quite a lot i'd, I'd imagine yeah yeah all right i've been educated a little bit by the fans here gravity bong gaming says uh, poshman have normal names and it's a normal region with normal names now so veil uh the veil system not veil of the silent region is in here so is como so are a lot of systems niarja is here most famous poshman system that was taken so yeah, you can look at the kill board. You can look up Poshvin, the region itself, and check out some of the kills that are going on there. Yeah, and it's it's fun to see. It's still very formative what, what people are flying. Like I said, it's been a lot of rails, long-range Skydy stuff, a lot of cruise missiles, stuff to stay out of range because the, the, the PB content is... It's um, I don't think it's designed for seven, the, the wormholes at least. Sorry, they're not designed for what? I don't think they're designed... For solo content, right? Because they have, a, yeah, they have like a fleet payout, right? So it's it's most ideal to do with five characters, because in this in the case of clearing the third stage, you each get fifty mil. Where if you have a sixth pilot, you all get I don't know forty forty five, right? Yeah, well, that's a good point. A, a solo marauder, for instance, this is probably not the right space for you. You probably want to be doing right. other shits or something, right? Because you're you're gonna clear a site, you're gonna go whoop fifty mil. All right, <laughs> I'm dead. I just lost 10 times that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a T3. Shit. <laughs> and his friends, because he, he, they didn't come alone. 
no, no. There's plenty of people sniffing around here that can uh, easily kill a solo marauder. So I, yeah. I put that under the very, very, very bad idea category. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because one of the things that CCP uh, needs to look at, whether they either solve it or not, is up for debate. Is the n plus one theorem of uh, we'll call it a theorem of Eve Online, where if you if you bring the same amount as somebody else plus one more, you have the advantage. It's not strictly true. But it is true in Delve, as we're seeing a two-to-one advantage, really allow Pappy to ravage the place. And so CCP needs to look at that and say, is that is that good gameplay, bad gameplay, or is it just the way it is? And this looks like, this Poshman region looks like an experiment to, to work with uh, keeping the groups smaller or encouraging small, nimble groups as opposed to giant N plus one groups. Right, and don't forget... It's also universally what minus twenty five percent warp speed, right? So you're all slow. The gates are really, really long the jumps compared to the jumps in in known space. So even if you uh, it's relatively short a, a jump or four or five, if you do that in a battleship, it's going to take you a fairly long, fairly long time on the longer warps. So you're not going to just support something with. 25 plus guys, four systems away, because by the time you get there, it's, it's done. Interesting. I didn't think about it. And then you gate one jump with your 25-man fleet. Oh, look, there's an Eden conflict sitting on the gate, and, and they have scrams. Are we going to keep warping, or now we have to kill the, P- the PvE fleet that's, that's sitting here, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's oh, interesting. The, uh, the distance of the warps... Um, they weren't made uh, smaller then, I guess. No, your, your, warp, your warp speed is. So I think you have a 25% debuff on your maximum AU in your warp, or 20, or I don't know. I'm not sure about the exact number. I just know that if I warp my, my Lashek around, it takes forever <laughs> for it to land. Wow, okay. So it's it's slower, more deliberate combat. That's interesting. Yeah, I think right. there's... Yeah. Trying for different terrain to see if if players uh, how they react to different terrains and stuff. It's interesting. I kind of think that Pashvin is a model for where uh, the rest of Eve Online may follow in some way later. Just like wormholes were a model for some of the features that Titans brought to a system with their boosts and some of the weather weather patterns that exist now in Nullsec. Like I think they're taking some elements of a certain gameplay and and bringing those to different parts. And maybe Poshvin is a model for um, how to not limit, not limit, but encourage smaller, more meaningful gameplay as opposed to just mass. Right, right. I think you can have a lot of fun in a 300, 400 mil Tech 1 battleship. You know, right? You just active repair it. You put some, some PvP mods on it. You fly around. And if you, if you run into that guy that's in a T3 hunting around with his buddies and they're spread out across Poshvan, he's going to want to tackle you. You stand a chance, like, you know, fighting off that T3 before his buddies make all the jumps over to, to help him over, right? You can have some, some pretty cool some pretty cool fights here. You've seen, seen like, uh, what's his name, the, the Lucy Lou guy? Yeah. He's been having some fun PvPing in Poshvan because yeah. you can really control the fight. Yeah, he is uh, uh, extremely extremely good PvPer in most scenarios, and he's in Pashvin too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been up to all sorts of shenanigans. I think he's doing a lot of on the on the Chinese server lately, but uh, I don't know. He's been around. 
yeah, I had a cap fight with the streetball guys as well in one of the systems where he dunked their PVE fleet. So that was pretty cool. I think there's a video on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, incredible player. Uh, he's Russian, uh, and I didn't know he was playing on the uh, Serenity. Is he saying Serenity server? He's, has he been on there? Yeah, no, I just remember half. I, I sometimes like a browse forever, you know how it is. You turn on YouTube and you're 500 videos further in. So I sort of remember him trying to talk in English about how he's enjoying playing on, on the Chinese server. I'm not entirely sure if that's an old video. It could very well have been a very long time ago. I have no idea. Yeah, wild. But he was talking about Poshman, so it couldn't be that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be. Yeah, they have Poshman too. Right, so it'll be max like six six months ago. I assume they don't have any sort of delays or something on the content. That's probably pretty similar. Although I do hear that most of the the stuff on the the interesting stuff on the, on the Chinese server is Edencom related. While on the European side server, the Triglavians were significantly more popular. Yeah, but they still inherited the same design pattern that that uh, Tranquility had that the Western server had. I'm not sure. I, I, honestly, I'm not sure if it's if it's the same system. I imagine it is because they have to. They had to mirror it. Um, I don't think they could support two different structures, so they mirrored whatever ours was. Yeah, right. to That's, them. I to think them. semi semi shame for them, but understandable. Yeah. I guess is probably a resource management thing, right? I mean, it'd be kind of silly to have twice, two two of those server things running. <laughs> Yeah, it's just easier to maintain. If they make some changes that Poshman affects, they don't have to make them two different ways, uh, I think. Right. But I think they also might have affected our systems as well. There might have been a combination of both universes affecting each other, but I don't remember if that was the case. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about the, to what extent the process was truly random. Mm -hmm. I do think which... Which systems were final? The, like the systems eligible for the that final liminality stage, which would determine whether or not they would be permanently trained, right? As we figured out by the end of it, yeah. I'd imagine that it could have been different systems, but I'm pretty sure it would have always been these. Uh, would have always been 27, right? Because I know there were one or two systems that we definitely could have taken, which we didn't, which probably would have only meant that the invasion would end. A little bit sooner with a different system tied in there right that's probably the only difference that, that it would have made yeah the best speculation i have is that there could have been anywhere from oh 21 to like 96 uh, whatever is divisible by three um systems taken and 96 and, would have been nuts <laughs> yeah yeah but there was a range and so we were on the lower end of that range this is i don't know if it's theoretical i don't know how much ccp admits to um, but we were on the lower end of that, right? Only 27. I think the minimum would have been 21 or something. Um, and then it was a certain time period. So by the time that it was all said and done, however many there were rounded to the nearest three uh, was what they cut off at. Probably that sounds incredibly reasonable. That that would probably be how I would do it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, and it's interesting the CCP didn't make a bigger deal out of that. They just kept saying players are going to be the ones that decide when they fight each other, depending on where they saw, you know, but it was, it was not even a very big push to get players to play Poshman. They did put invasions as, uh, you know, um, a lot of marketing behind it and they put it out as an expansion two or three times. But the second one where they announced from E Vegas, 
hey, it's now your chance to pick a side, should have been a much higher profile event than it was. Um, it was just kind of mentioned. Well, um, besides the fact that it's, it's it ends up not being a specifically relevant choice because you can fairly easily, from a a, a non-standing point of view, just get neutral with both and just ignore the entire situation, right? I mean, if you just kill a couple of rogue drones and drifters, you're going to get Eden Calm and Trick standings. You're going to be neutral to both, and your problem solved. So yeah. the yeah. you don't have to. The the um, I I know. Uh, I'm not going to say for a fact, but during the invasion, I, I was talking with one of the two guys that uh, that made like the invasion content because we were running uh, a load of the stuff and we were running into some bugs. So we we occasionally talked to them about it. I I, I get the I got the impression that they were perpetually behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yes. Like the, the the content definitely is was not finished. It it is it it was. Uh, wasn't working half the time when it got launched. I mean, if you're talking about things that could have uh, would have facilitated people being in portion more actively from the beginning, it would have been all of that shit just working, right? Yeah. Besides yeah. the fact that there would have been more, I mean, the flashpoints, which were one of the big appeals of the later state of the invasion when you hit uh, your final liminality st uh, system, the flashpoints would pop up and they'd, they'd be good is. They're, they're good is. But you could farm them reliably. They'd respawn every X hours in the system. You'd run them. You get a, a significant chunk of this uh, for for like eight guys. And uh, after the the systems got taken over and Postman was created, those sites didn't work for three months. They gave no payout. They wouldn't complete. They were just bugged. So you know that a lot of people lose interest when stuff like that just doesn't work. Oh, and I think Postman still suffers that reputational damage uh, when it first came out it being bugged, it being impossible to get into, even though there's been a lot of improvements since then, I feel like we haven't really revisited it to retell the story that Poshvin is open for business. People are doing stuff in it. People are living in it. And uh, it's working as uh, they probably intended it. Right. If, the, if, there would be, if there would be one priority change I would throw into Poshvin, it would be something as extremely simple as data and relic sites because what you rely on now for most of your content which is pretty cool right you get uh you interact with pve elements in the system that changes how active the the pve elements in the system are and that feeds off each other right that's a pretty cool idea you can get some pretty dynamic and call them insane fights on gates between npcs where you got like a hundred fleets sitting on there if you get yeah if you get through in a cloaker ship and you spawn next to a wreck, you know, how that goes. It's just not, <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's a really bad idea. It's a really bad idea. <laughs> no, but that's a really cool idea. But the only thing I'd add is relic and data science because now that's the main thing, right? Because you rely on people scanning their way in from known space or wormhole space. So that's going to be explorers and frigates and they're going to come into Porsven and what can they scan down there? More wormholes, right? Right. Congratulations, you're in Porsven. You can't do anything in your Explorer frigate. So more if you want to get content, content is what you're saying. Right. You draw the people in with the Explorer content, you spawn more wormholes, you get more PV content, you get more people, you get more hunters, and that's how the ball could start rolling. There's probably more ways, but that's the easiest way I, the way I see it. Yeah, it's how you build the ecosystem, right? Right. But and now you get in and it's like, right, okay. Yeah. There's a combat side I can do if I if I got a couple of friends. <laughs> right, right. That all makes sense. Yeah.
Well, uh, it's been a great pleasure talking with you, uh, Tom. I don't know what to call you. Should I, what should I call you? Tom's fine. It's my name. Tom. Okay, good. It's easy. Good talking with you. And uh, we'll leave it there. We'll bring you back later on, check in with you, uh, and check in with Pasha and see how it's going in a little while. Sure, sure. I'll be flying around. So I'll probably be checking with Pratt's up to uh, a, couple of, a couple of days. There were some RF structures there. So <laughs> if, if they're blowing up street bus stuff, I might want to be, be in on that. <laughs> You might want to get in on that, huh? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I know Noros. I can put you in touch with him. Oh, yeah, sure. Is. No <laughs> or you can you can just meet the guys out in the field. Um, that's probably more fun. Yeah, that's probably more fun. Good. All right, everyone. Thanks uh, again, Tom. And uh, thanks, everybody that was here earlier. Uh, that's all that we have time for today. Talking in stations. Uh, we will see you tomorrow.